0: Hey, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott and I'm Tiff Arman And I loved my dress workshop so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I finished the dress. It was mm-hmm. amazing. It was so, and it's like that thing of, I I told you about the that I watched a bunch of uh, Great British Sewing Bee. And mm-hmm. part of me was just like hearing the judges in my head, like, "Oh, your top stitching is so neat." And I was like, "Because, because <laughs> I did like." everything like I said the way you're supposed to and neatly and carefully but also like I didn't have to be as neat and careful as I like I didn't that comes out that doesn't sound right but like it's not as hard as I thought it was to be neat and careful and I think it goes back to that thing of like being well A, a kid in general like kids are not on the whole neat and careful and then probably the ADHD thing and probably also the achiever mindset of like, if I'm not good at this, that means that I am objectively and forever not good at this and shouldn't try anymore. And it also says something about me as a person. And I'm a, fa- you know, that whole like, I can't be neat, which is so rarely actually true, you know? Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean.
1: Yeah, it's all the self-doubt and it, and it's the, it's the panic of, uh, I don't know, like the, the it's the fear to fail so you make excuses of why you can't start in the begin with,
0: mm-hmm. and then I made another one from the same pattern at home. Uh, and I have the luxury of having uh, an overlock machine, like a serger, and a regular machine at home, <sighs> so I could use the serger. That serger that sounds so nice. I wish I it had does. one. <laughs> oh, oh, it does. Oh, makes everything so easy. You could just like basically sew everything with the serger. But it was so nice. <sighs> um. So I and again, like you know, I was nobody was watching me. But I still like I did everything right. I, you know, it was just it, it's a nice disc, and I don't know why I was still like I, I shouldn't make complicated things or things with visible seams because I've done a bunch of other stuff that takes, you know, care and precision. And like it was just this weird, I guess, hang up in my head. And there was a really nice realization to have that a I. I can again, like slow down, but I don't have to slow down that much for it to come out nice. And B, it's fun to do. (laughs) So that was really, really fun. So I have uh, now also a sort of emerald jewel green uh, linen blend version of the dress. Uh, It's like an apron dress um, on top of having the one in the thicker denim. So I feel very sort of cool and calm uh and uh, i can link it it's it's called the apron dress from um from a company called assembly line so i can link to to the pattern if anyone's curious but it was just i don't know it was an interesting realization that i don't know if i would have like had as specifically without this podcast i know we, we like every episode is about like this podcast is magical it's just for us it's not but like we're inspiring magic
1: in others everyone's <laughs> feeling everyone's feeling the magic resonating from yeah. all of this art talk because and i do feel the same way as you when i'm i can translate your idea of being calm and careful and precise while sewing into painting because that is when i end up doing my best work is when i'm not trying to make this big thing happen quickly Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I see other people making stuff happen really quickly. Oh, just do a giant brushstroke and it looks like this great shadow. And it really, it doesn't, it takes time and precision and being careful and slow with it doesn't mean you're bad. It just means you're being careful and slow and you're getting that precision. And I think that we don't see a lot of people create things in real time. And so it's, it's an idea of slow down take your time, do the little brush strokes, you can get it. It doesn't just happen in like big sweeping gestures of, you know, like you can't just push fabric through a sewing machine at rapid speed and have it be absolutely precise. You need to focus and, and really concentrate on it and get that precision. It's not about, it's not about this inherent giant skill that you would have It's about just taking a moment and thinking about what you're making and it will come out
0: better. And I think also it's funny because I came at it in a sort of roundabout way where I was like, okay, this is, you know, a skill I have part of uh, sewing uh, and I want to like I keep harping on like challenge myself to do things that I'm either like scared of or not good at Mm -hmm. and that I was like, okay, this is something that I want to practice at. And yes, you know, you need practice and I will keep practicing, but the, the realization that I don't need as much practice as i thought i did a obviously because i've done a lot of other sewing but also that idea of myself that i had isn't entirely accurate and that's Mm -hmm. like a funny like i sort of you know i i i earned the skill without knowing i was practicing it and that was it was kind of funny so this episode we're going to talk a little bit about looking back at our past selves in different ways uh and it wasn't planned to come together with this realization but it is kind of funny and you know I want to you know, pet my younger self and be like, it's possible that you're messy now, but it's not like who you are. It's just a thing. Oh, that's such a nice thing to tell your past self. It's like, it'll Isn't be it okay. though? It is. Because you uh, found some uh, art goals from 2016, which I feel is like both so long ago and so not long ago. I know, But it's right? still like, but if, if we're looking at like your artist's journey, it's very much like a before, right? Like your oh. current sort of... I hate the word journey, but you know what I mean? Like your experience, adventure, whatever. Yeah,
1: very much. I mean, this is from April of 2016. So I found this and I wrote it at the Atlanta Penn Show. Uh, I guess when I was taking a, I I don't, I was in like a journaling workshop or something. I don't know what I was in, but I think it was the, that, oh, did I meet you in 2015?
0: It probably was 2016. So it was either a journaling class or we were in that uh, class with, uh, Susan Worth about how the right pen can make anyone's handwriting nicer.
1: Yeah, this was kind of in there with all of those notes. It was in there with a little bit of everything. And but I found it and I read it. I was like, oh my, oh my goodness! Like I didn't remember writing this or really have any idea that it existed. And then I came across it. And it says, so I'll read it to you. It says, this is what I want, dot, 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 right? To learn to be a better artist, to make time for practice, to practice beyond proficiency, to express my own ideas artistically, and not only practice by mimicking others, to not wait for the perfect time or situation to work on something, to use art supplies to play and not just waiting for the perfect project and to feel proud. So, ooh, shivers. <laughs> I know. I have a, so that's just I read that and it really kind of stopped me for a second and then I read it again and I was like this is in 2016. So this is 3 years ago, a little over 3 years ago. And I feel like I've done all those things without having the list in front of me consistently and like checking them off, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like these were inherent things that I wrote down that I really felt I very much wanted and they kind of all happened because I wanted them and I kind of can't I can't believe that but at the same time it really makes me I it it gives me that proud feeling of I really I really wanted it and I went for it and it happened for me and it, it during those three years experiencing all those little things, those little successes, really came together and and make me feel way more accomplished than I thought I would feel at this point. And it's a it's a really, really good feeling.
0: (laughs) No, I bet, but I think the reason those things, you know, it works without looking at the list, because we've talked about having a list to remind yourself. But I think also like you're saying, they were somehow innate things. Like you didn't you, you you wanted them first and then wrote them down you didn't sit down to write goals and think of things that you might want you know mm-hmm. and I was because it made me wonder too like how how long have you been feeling those things do you think probably about a year before that because that's when like I kind of started
1: getting my watercolor set and started trying to do something with it and started thinking about wanting to be more artistic and paint and draw because that's always been something that when we were discussing talking about our past selves, I remember wanting so badly like in high school to be part of the art crowd, you know, like the people that are, (laughs) were taking art classes and the way our high school was set up, you kind of picked areas that you did stuff in, right? Like you were either like a tech kid or you were a music kid or you were an art kid or you were a sports kid, like, and you were able to take the electives that you had available during the day in these areas. And I ended up over at music because that's kind of where a lot of my friends were, but I really wanted to be over in art and I never did. And I always thought, because I'm just I'm not good at drawing like I don't know how to do that and everyone else who was over there seemed like they knew how to do that already. And so I I just never did it and now I feel like I'm finally doing that thing that I've always
0: wanted to do. Cuz I'm thinking also cuz in if it'd been if it sort of started in 2015. That's when when your son was like 2 or something, right? Yeah, yeah, he was kind of he started his little preschool (laughs) days
1: like that's when he first started going to school for like two hours a day or something like that like giving me a little
0: bit of a break and so I decided to take time for myself you're coming out of like the worst fog and exhaustion and also maybe landing a little bit in that like okay so who who am I now Mm -hmm. on top of being a parent you know I- I'm guessing here I don't have kids, but like, no, look- you're uh, you're totally accurate. I mean, like you come out of looking-, looking at the people that I know, like there's there's a lot in the beginning. And then regardless of of whether or not you're a stay at home parent or you go to work or you work part time, you do see- like that thing of of I don't know, like almost coming out of a coma where you're like, OK, <laughs> I have to like re reassess everything and figure out, you know, what I want, what can I do, what's going on.
1: Sometimes when you end up in a situation where the focus is taking care of somebody else and you can't focus on yourself or what you really want to do and, and you have all that focus, whether it's taking care of like an aging parent or a child or, you know, anybody else in your life that, that you find needs care, you kind of forget a little bit who you are because you have to in order to focus and take care of someone else. And then when you don't need to spend all of your time pouring that into someone else, you then have a chance to be self-reflective again. And I think that that's when a lot of people start finding themselves. And that's what I went through with having our first child and coming back and finding art and creativity and just even enjoying doing little crafty projects like for his birthdays were, it, it was some, it was such a big Finding changing time for me. And it just continued as I've gr- gotten more time, I've given that time back to myself. And it has been really fantastic. And that's made me kind of look back on a time when I was only thinking about myself, like in high school and early college, right? Like that's when we start that's when we were who we were and we were trying to figure out who we were and you just were completely self-indulgent if you had the opportunity to be. And looking back on who that person was, I started thinking about the idea of how we think about our past selves and we see ourselves as frauds or imposters or we... we. Don't feel comfortable in what we actually want. Just like I didn't feel comfortable being one of the art kids because I felt like it was something I was trying on or I was lying to my, I don't know, like you're just confused. And I feel like that that's kind of really unfair to our past selves to think about it like that because even now we're currently a past self of our future self, right? (laughs) So it's a a good learning experience to think about treating your past self with respect and support because you're eventually going to be your own past self.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, 2016 is again, like it's not that long ago, but it's still, it's still your past self Mm -hmm. and you've, you've grown since then, but you're maybe not as different. To your 2016 self as you are to your 1996 self so you have the thing of like yeah. okay so where where do you become fixed where does it count where do you become the you that's the real that sounds it it sounds very like it's a woo hippie dippy philosophical but you know what i mean because i think that whole fake thing i remember i had a realization maybe even 10 years ago, where I suddenly realized that I had certain things where I was like, this feels fake. This feels like these are not things that I actually know. I've just read them somewhere and now I feel like I'm regurgitating. And I was like, but that's what learning is.
1: Yes, exactly. Which was
0: was so fascinating to me. Like, because it's not like those things where you just like you, you know, you pretend to like something because your friend or the person that you're interested in does, which in in my experience often comes to, Either, either really stays with you or you leave it behind like a year or two later. And if if you keep it as a thing that you like or do, then that's... Re- like, why is it more real to find something like on your own or from your parents or from a TV show than from someone that you like and want to be like and with? But but it's, it's weird because...
1: Well, it's like we don't make any of these decisions in a vacuum, right? There's yeah. always influences around us everywhere and you grasp and you keep the things that really fit with you. And I don't feel that as being a poser or being fake or being a fraud because it's what you like and you inform your own decisions and the things that you gravitate towards based on the effect that other people have on you or the that the world has on you. And there's, there's no way that that can't be real and genuine in just what it is if it makes you happy, right? Like I remember in high school, like being, <laughs> being trying to be so cool and wear like broken guitar strings as bracelets, right? Like I I think about that. Sounds that sounds painful. And well, no, you you close, you know, you wrap it up and you put it there. And there's a way to do it. it. I felt really cool that I figured it out and I wanted to do it and I wore it. And then I was like, you know, what? this feels so why did I do that? If I think about my past self doing that, I'm like, oh gosh, who the heck was I? But then I'm like, you know what? No, I was the girl that wore the guitar strings as the bracelets (laughs) because I was a little weird and that's okay. And that's exactly who I was. And it's all okay to keep and move on and
0: change things because it's all you if it makes you happy. Uh, Yeah, I think Part of it is that when we look back at ourselves, A, we, we only see ourselves, you know, from, from inside, everyone else we see from outside. So you know that inside your head you were trying things on, or that you maybe weren't as interested as everyone else. But again, a lot of the times the the faking turned into actual interest. Maybe you exaggerated how much you knew or cared about something for a while. Because that's the other thing. Like we, we have this idea, I think, that to be either like a fan of something or you like something or or you do something. You have to be hundred percent in. You have to know everything. You have to be awesome, but like, if 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 you're gonna be super literal about it, everyone has to be a fake fan at some point because mm-hmm. you you can't just be like, well, I can't I can't acknowledge that I like this thing until I like achieve full experience point potential in it. You know, like if if you're. If, if you if you want to try skating, okay, in the beginning, maybe you shouldn't pretend that you're the biggest skater or that you've loved it forever. But th- there's going to be a point where, like, I really, really like skating. I'm not that good at it yet. You know like, you know what I mean? Like, or or this one band, like, you start checking them out and then you start really liking them. But you've never been to any of their shows, either because you can't afford it or you don't like crowded spaces or they don't play in your city <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things. And, and yeah, like... You don't have to be an expert or super perfect at something in order for it to be part of who you are or something you like. Right? And it's like, yeah, it- and and I think it's yeah. You can look back at yourself and be like, it's silly that you like either lied or exaggerated about how much you like something or no or whatever. But I think you have to be kind of nice to your younger self because teenagers have the worst of everything you're like your hormones and your brain are just in, in total chaos tornado you don't know who you are you don't know what you're going to feel from day to day everyone around you is also all weird and probably mean and like it's 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 not weird <laughs> and they're all mean because their brains are all weird. exactly and and like it's not weird that you'd be anxious and be like oh yeah no i i totally heard it like it's you know teenagers aren't hipsters they're just petrified
1: (laughs) you know like oh no
0: I've heard of it before and that thing of like uh, you know I heard of it before was cool it was like I I do sometimes feel like the the sort of silliest most basic self-help book where it's like and we've talked about this before it's okay to like basic things it's okay to like simple things it's okay to you know. Like things that other people like. It's okay to paint things that other people are painting or liking or that you saw on Instagram because everyone is it's like do, do you, you know? And and for your younger self, it's like that is when you're finding yourself. That is when you're trying things on. And even I feel like when we're trying things on our entire
1: lives, really. It's not just from when we were younger. That's probably when you do it the most. But I feel like there's a lot of different times in your life where you go through stuff and you you try them on. I mean, you could even try things back on. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm feeling like I'm doing. I'm trying back on doing something that I used to do. And you know what? I really like it. It feels comfortable and cozy. <laughs> like that worn-in hoodie that you just never threw away and it's so gross, but it's so soft.
0: <laughs> I still wear, uh, for doing sort of uh, rougher, dirtier things, I have my a zip-up hoodie from, from my thespian days in high school. Thirty six, fifty six. What? What? Um. Anyway, <laughs> that was our thespian troupe. Um. But but what I mean is, as you as you age, you're not probably gonna you know try an entire new personas the way like high school can be like, which Spice Girl are you week to week, you know? <laughs> but but that's where you often feel fake is you have this thing of I think idea of things have to really define you, where only the most Either most confident and like cool and popular kids could be multiple things or the most outcast who were like, well, there's no point. So I'm going to like metal uh, screamo and I'm going to like uh, horses. I don't know <laughs> what's a weird combo, but you know what I mean? And as you age, hopefully I think you find the confidence to be like, I can like, you know, mainstream things and really obscure things or I can uh, be super artsy but also I'm trying to think of things that are opposites and all everything in my mind is like nail polish isn't stupid but you know what I mean like that thing of hopefully you find the confidence in yourself and you find the people around you who aren't gonna be like I mean it's weird that you have tons of tattoos but you also like knitting because there are gonna be some people who either are like that or believe that other people think that and then try on the persona of being a butthole and judging other people. but like so so if we're thinking back not just like trying stuff on what goals or like aspirations did you have about artistic and creative stuff when you were like a a kid or a teenager or young person because I mean you also are that cool person who then worked creating worked with creating stuff in the dress shop and we're going to come back to that in one episode and photography which we're also going to come back to in some episode like (laughs) I have a lot of hobbies. Because <laughs> to me, that's like, you you did it. You did the cool thing, and I'm not just saying that as a thespian kid who's like, wow, but also just like, that's awesome. Um, but but like, what what did you think was like something that you wanted to aspire to when I was
1: younger? Mm-hmm. I uh, I wanted to be a sci-fi writer. <laughs> I think we I think you've mentioned that, but yeah, I wanted to be a writer. I was heavy into creative writing. I found a school that offered a creative writing major uh, for college. And that was what my path was going to be. I basically stopped when I realized how kind of lonely it was. And then I went totally opposite and joined the theater crew to to have like the most collaborative thing I could think of, which again, it's, it's very much a trying things on kind of place to be in. But I recently have been wanting to start writing again, creatively and to try that back on a little bit because I kind of miss that. I miss using language and words, but I don't think it's anything that I would really share. It would be more for me. Mm -hmm. and But it is one of those things that I came across. I started remembering that about my past self and liking it again and remembering who I was then. And I think I also really stopped because A silly thing happened where I thought I was supposed to get this scholarship prize award thing for creative writing in high school. And I didn't get it. I was like the writing kid, right? Mm -hmm. In high school. Everyone knew that that's what I did. And another girl got it. And I was just like, wait, what? Hold on a sec. Like, and I guess that made me kind of really question my identity and who I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be, because that kind of got pulled out from under me. It's like, oh wait, everyone doesn't think I'm this person, mm-hmm. or maybe they still did, but whatever happened, it wasn't me. And so I was like, oh, all right, I'll just, um, I'll adjust, I'll change, and do something else because I, I feel like every time, personally, whenever it's not a. Oh, you're really good at this thing, and you get recognized for it. I kind of move on and find a different thing, mm-hmm. so I could be good at it because, just like we please talk about I am an achiever. <laughs> please notice,
0: right? I think of talking to anybody, you would, you understand? Oh, that, totally, totally. That notion, because it's not just that your identity is I write; it's that your identity has to be the writing girl, like the or like, one. I'm
1: that... I'm good at writing and everyone knows that i'm good at that you know and then when that changes it's like oh okay well you're good at that and that's fine um i'm going to go and find something else it's it's strange i don't want to compete i just i want to move on to something else mm-hmm. <laughs> i can find i can do
0: i don't have that like fierce competition in me <laughs> because also when you try something new it's much more okay to not be the best yet Right. Uh, Like you don't want to be bad at it, but you can be like, that's a very good excuse. Like, well, I'm not going to get like an award for this new thing that I've only been doing for a few weeks. But I have to ask, I want to go back because when you said that you wanted to be a sci-fi writer, you laughed. I did. And I'm wondering why. Because. Is it because like, oh, it's such a cute goal or it's a silly goal or. It
1: was so strange of a time. It was only like a few years that I I came. I loved reading sci-fi novels. I thought they were really cool. And I thought like, oh, that's what I could be. Like, I'll write sci-fi novels. It was just kind of like I pulled it out of the air and I ran with it for so long, but yet I had no basis in it. You know, like I didn't really study <laughs> a whole bunch of technology in order to really inform what I would be writing about or... Fan- like, it just... It was one of those identity things that I kind of feel like I like I have this interest of reading sci-fi books. I also like to write.
0: Maybe I should put them together. And then that was like who I was. Did you get that thing of like you get appreciation from quote unquote adults when you say it where they're either like, wow, that's cute or wow, it's nice that you have a specific goal. And then you kind of feel like you're locked into it because, you know, it's a thing that you can say that that works. Oh, I'm, I'm sure
1: it does because and it's one of those things it's like I just had such a limited world view of what else was out there that it was like you either write poetry you write fiction or sci-fi like there's very few categories that were available that I thought about and then once I went to college I found this genre called sudden fiction which was kind of like this weird mush between poetry and fiction and short stories. And it was just awesome. And I had no idea that even existed. And that was what I ended up really liking to write. And it's, it's just, it was one of those things that I just, it's an identity thing that I grabbed onto. Uh, I mean, did you have anything like that, that you just, it almost makes you laugh to think about that's what you wanted to be?
0: Well, the thing that makes me laugh is that I wanted to be a philosophy professor. There you go. There it is. (laughs) Because I took two semesters of um, ethical philosophy and I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. This is when I get I'm going to get my PhD. And part of that was both that I find it super interesting and also that there had yet as of as of yet. And I think as of still never been a female ethics professor at that university. And I was like, well, this is stupid. I think this is fun and important. And I'm going to. You know, And it's also record. fun to fill a role that you see has gone unfilled and to be that person. That's like a yeah, special but then, person. <laughs> but then part of me realized that I would have to keep dealing with all of the uh, very dusty, not that great old men who were in that department. I was like, I don't know if that's. And also realized that I, I care about teaching, but not necessarily maybe academia as such. Mm-hmm. And that philosophy is. It sounds stupid to say it's too academic of an academic subject, but it is very much... Anyway, but but it's funny because my thing, I part of me always wanted to be a writer and part of me really wanted to act. Uh, and again, I did like theater when I was a kid. I did theater in high school. And I think my thing was, and I don't remember if I said this on the podcast before, because it's a thing that I say always when I come back to it is that I realized that I'm a pretty good actor, but... I'm not the level of good that matches what my ambitions and dreams were,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like as even more of an adult, like you know, almost years later, yep, I I realized that I probably like I would probably have been okay with doing only like character parts, uh, and like not because at the time I felt like oh, I don't necessarily need to be the ingenue, but. I, and I don't mind being like comic relief because I love that stuff. But I didn't want to. I didn't have th- like the the talent and or the beauty and the right combination to make up for each other. Like if you're if you're, you know, sixty out of a hundred talented, but you're eighty beautiful, you can get by, or the other way around. Uh, and that was like that wasn't even putting myself down. That was just like a realization. This is this is it. I don't have what it takes to get to where I would want to go and I think maybe part of me was wrong in again but then also living in Sweden the the field and the business is so much smaller mm-hmm. so I would have had to either like move to London or try to move to so yeah so oh that was no
1: thing. I'd have to move to London how terrible <laughs> right
0: <laughs> um but yeah so that was that was my thing and then my thing was also like i grew up with parents who are writers uh my dad's a journalist and a writer and my mom's an academic and a writer so for better or for worse i saw that that's something that you can do you know yeah. uh and so it and wasn't something like that they would be proud of right maybe yep a that's bit? for another therapy mm-hmm. episode <laughs> um but but so that was the thing like for for me oh, can i writing, make julia cry Uh oh oh probably Uh, No, but like for me, writing wasn't that like artistic dream type thing. It was a thing that you could do. So for me, I don't look back at that as being silly. I can look back at stuff I wrote and be like, oh, good Lord, little lady, (laughs) sit down.
1: Oh, we all do that, right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Right.
0: Yeah, very much. Uh, I actually mostly look like I definitely look back on my different like persona and things that I liked. and, And I'm like, oh, God, you were so embarrassing. You were such a fake. You were so silly. But it's more that were you a fake I, I, or were you trying things on? Hmm. Uh, both. Hmm. I. Uh, wh- this is my f- my favorite story from journalism school was uh, when we did, when we had a, a section on on radio and radio storytelling, this woman did a piece on uh, when Kurt Cobain died in the 90s and how she became a huge fan. Like so many people who were like in their early teens became huge Nirvana fans when Kurt Cobain died and, um, And how she called everyone else who discovered Nirvana when Kurt Cobain died posers. And just like sort of made herself a little blind spot to say that she wasn't like that, even though that was exactly literally what she was like. And that is one of my favorite radio stories I've ever heard was in that journalism class because you so get that where you're like, it Part of it is that human thing of like you, you have to lift yourself up by putting other people down. But in this case, it's the most hypocritical way of doing it, you know, where you are so very much faking something and then you sort of make yourself the realist fan, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, I th- some things I was faking, some things I was trying on. Um, but see, but that
1: was my point from the beginning. I don't think anything was actually faking. <laughs> I think it's all trying on.
0: It's not fake. It's not fake. I mean, some some things were fake. I Unless never you liked like hockey. out and out lie about something, then well, I... I I never I was never actually interested in hockey. So that's the thing. <laughs> Wait, you tried to play hockey? No, no, no! I tried
1: to pretend I was interested in hockey. Oh, I tried to pretend I was interested in cars. But I mean, we do these things for different reasons. (laughs) Yeah, It wasn't fake. I had an end goal, but it didn't work out. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Like it was, it was a, a a, a means to (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, no, but um, what it is more is just that, you know, I look back at myself and I'm partly frustrated, partly sad that I didn't stay with things, that I didn't, you know, draw more and push through things that were difficult. You know, mm-hmm. where it wasn't like oh I did this thing pretty well once. I'll have to keep working to get better. So if I just do this thing, it just sort of seems impressive. Again that thing of But isn't even having the drive to push through something
1: else is indicative of saying I'm not really that into this? this was like a small thing that I'm into. I'm not into it in a big way enough to push through any adversity or challenges or wanting to get better. Like if you don't take that extra step and you let it fall away is then that means it's kind of in the right place or you gone through the course with something. And if you pick it back up again in the future, that's also great. Like that's what I'm saying is that this whole journey of finding things and, and having it inform who we are, all of it is it's not fake it it can be temporary but it's it all informs everything about us so how could any of it really make us frauds or like even if, even if you say you don't like hockey right like you tried that on for a second <laughs> and you and now you know you're sure you don't like hockey and i think <laughs> that that's admirable to try all those things on
0: yeah no i don't mean that those things make me frauds i'm thinking more of like just practicing more for Mm -hmm. instance with watercolors but then i also have to realize again you know petting my my younger self to be like you're a teenager you don't like, grit isn't necessarily part of your genetic makeup. And also, mm-hmm. I was a very depressed teenager. So, you know, getting anything done was a miracle. I think it's kind of that thing of, you know, how some people are like, I wish my parents would have made me learn an instrument because it would have been fun to have that skill now, mm-hmm. which is very much like if if beggars were horses or no wait if wishes were horses, mm-hmm. beggars would ride like, yeah, but it didn't happen. So, you know, start where you are now or whatever. So I I think, you know, that that's more when it comes to the artistic and creative things. I think it's more that I wish I would have done more and practiced more and not Mm -hmm. been so afraid of failing or being bad.
1: But now you have a chance to make up for that, right? Like now's the time to pick stuff back up that we never really practiced and that we actually want to practice. And you could still do it again. That's it. Like it's. I feel right now in my life like really invigorated about trying things again or for the first time and just really embracing the idea of uh, experiencing anything creative that I was ever curious about and seeing if it keeps sticking around because I'm just having such a good time getting to know myself again. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really different place to be in after a long time of not and do you, do you feel that way? Like, have you had, a, I guess, a, a rebirthing like that? I don't want to say birthing. That was horrible. Uh, have you had uh... a renaissance, which is French for rebirth? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you, have you had a, any kind of self-realization or like sh-
0: major shifts like that in your life? Well, just now when I realized that I'm not sloppy and messy and lazy. There we no, go. I think, I think for me, it's been over sort of the past 10 years which has come partly with, with getting uh, diagnosed with, with neuropsychiatric differences, mm-hmm. but also finding more and more people who like me for who I am and like getting sort of the, the calm and steadier base to figure out who I am and what I want and that it's okay to you know either suck or it's okay to drop things that you don't think are fun and it's okay to play around and do things. Um, and I think... The thing is also, like, there are very few things that you can't start at an adult age. Like, maybe advanced gymnastics, not a good idea when you're starting to approach four. I don't know. That guy who's in, who's the, no, there's that guy,
1: the, the, uh, Jonathan on, um, from, from Queer Eye. Who new, started ice skating? He, no, he's like doing, um, uh, like, Acro gymnastics—it's amazing. Yeah. I'm watching them on no, Instagram. Just mean, like, it's
0: so good. The most, the most advanced stuff. Like maybe, like you could be a decent figure skater. And the thing is, there are very few things that you have to become an expert in. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, the ten thousand hour theory is often misunderstood and misexplained, even if you think, like, okay, I need—we are fairly young. We can fit ten thousand hours of something into our lives and get decent at it you know Mm -hmm. uh like okay it's maybe a little late to start becoming a contortionist or trying to become a concert violin player but you can learn to play the violin i don't know you practice why not (laughs) (laughs) no true but it's just like you you can try almost anything you can get decent at a lot of things and you can get pretty good at a few more things Mm -hmm. uh and again, depending on like how many kids you have, how much time, how much money, but you can find a little bit of time to try out stuff or maybe just like even sit through a weird YouTube playlist of all sorts of different kinds of crafts to discover. Mm-hmm. um, like, like when you discovered the sudden fiction, like mm-hmm. didn't know this was a thing, but now I've seen people who do uh, shuttle tatting and that seems amazing. Uh, actually that is kind of amazing I really dig that it is it is (laughs) it is magical but you know what I mean like you can you can find stuff I mean I'm, I'm sure that the same way that I read through some of my old stuff and I'm like oh good lord maybe we'll listen to some episodes of this podcast or old blog posts or whatever in 10 years and be like oh good lord you were so cute but at the same time I sometimes find stuff that I've written and I'm like I was pretty smart I wrote this Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's the same way like some things you have to you know process longer like you're not done or you change your mind and you're test talking Uh, but I, I mean I think we're probably more fixed in our personalities now than when we were 16 and hopefully we're you know more confident but with that comes the confidence to just be like I'm bad at this I'm gonna try it anyway uh, and hopefully you're not completely fixed. Hopefully you can change and evolve and try things and, you know, try on opinions or try on, I think maybe the most important thing is try on opinions of yourself, like with my, my sewing, uh, which is like, it's a tiny bit of sort of mental revolution in my brain to so be like, okay, okay. I don't suck at sewing.
1: Good yeah. to know. I like the way you put that. I'm bad at this, but I'm going to try it anyway. And I think that that is a really important takeaway from this episode today that it and just be kind to your past self, right? Like be kind mm-hmm. to your past
0: self. And even if you're bad at it, try it anyway, <laughs> if you want to try it. And I think also with things that are scary, I'm one of those people who can sometimes like stand at the top of a water slide for way too long because my brain is just building it up Mm -hmm. to the biggest, scariest thing. If it's one I either haven't been on before, haven't been on in a long time. I mean, other stuff as well. But and then once I actually do go, usually, I mean, I love it. I love water slides. I love that kind of thing. Uh, And then I'll just go again and again and again. So it's that one first threshold where your brain is just making it the hugest, scariest thing. It's like, you know, horror movies. The monster is always scariest before you see it because your brain can just like make it this huge thing. And I think a lot of things are like that. Mm -hmm. Most things are the scariest either when you're leading up to them or right before you're trying to decide to take the step. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are things that you shouldn't do. You shouldn't take that step. And it is totally okay to back out either forever or for that day. But you know, you can try it. Worst case, you get water up your nose. You know, <laughs> or your bathing suit flies off. <laughs> oh, you're not. You're not helping.
1: But that's what happens when yes. water slides. <laughs> that's why everyone waits at the bottom. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, you can find our show notes over at relay.fm slash make do and we're make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can use the hashtag make do pod when you want to post fun stuff that we you want us to see. <laughs> I kind of feel like we should post Amazon links to slidey offy proof bathing suits. Well, something. that's why you gotta cross your arms. <laughs> there's a whole way to do it. But sometimes
0: there's water slides are a whole thing. Anyway, summertime is
1: the best.
0: <laughs> but feel free to share with us also like who who you were when you were a kid and what you thought then was, you know, the pinnacle of of art. Yeah, I'm I'm curious where people started and where they are
1: now. Um and if you're interested in in diving back into what you thought you used to like, um it's it's a good time for it, summer, you know. Let's uh let's think about stuff. I- I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Anyway, we love seeing your art and your thoughts and all it's that. It's too hot, and your brain just melts. It did. It did. Just I. I don't know what to do anymore. Anyway, you can find us individually at Tiffany Arment and at Julia Scott S K O T T, and we will be back in a summer fortnight. And until then, go make and do the fortnight future. Us have to be nice to the present. Fortnite us? us? Yeah. Uh, uh, just, we're just, we're time travelers now.